This is Real Talk, the customer insights show with Jen Vogel, a top-rated live stream and podcast in the market research and insights industry. We stream live on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube, and you can listen on all major podcast channels. Join Jen and her guests for a weekly discussion around topics that will help you understand your customers better. Real Talk is presented to you by Vox Pop.me, the leader in video research and ranked number one in qualitative research by GRIT two years running. Here's today's conversation. Hello, insights professionals, marketers, and everyone who wants to understand your customers better. I'm your host, Jen Vogel, and today I'd like to discuss the role of insights to understand the different stages of the customer journey. So that could include a strategy to democratize research across the organization, share the results differently, and drive better results. To discuss that topic, I'm joined by Jorge Calvacci, a global insight, global thought leader, director of insights at Lazy Boy, and another member of the Vox Pop Me advisory board. Welcome to the show, Jorge. Thank you, Jen, and thanks for having me. Really excited to have this chat today and to talk everything customer journey. Um, I know from our other conversations, you have a lot of really great insight on this. So uh, yeah, thanks for joining us today. Great. So to get started, can you just tell us a little bit about your career and insights, your involvement as a Vox Pop Me visionary? Yeah, definitely. So <clears throat> I will say that I have been in insights for about 25 years and I have had a diversity of roles in different companies. And I will say that when I look back, the diversity of roles is basically a reflection of who I am and what I like to pursue. I, I like challenges, I like complexity and uncertainty. And in many, many cases, it has been a great lesson or a great experience, right? So, um, so I started my career uh, with Kraft Foods. And basically, the first couple of years, the role was well-defined for me. There was a formula in place, and I learned a lot there. But in a couple of years, uh, Kraft Foods formed the multicultural marketing team, and they asked me to lead insights. It was fantastic. We made it to the Wall Street Journal. We helped the industry understand how to do research among African-Americans, Latinos, Asians, we were doing fantastic. Um, after that, I actually uh, moved to General Mills. And in General Mills, I was leading the insights function in the innovation side. Fantastic, I love it because you are combining creativity, imagination, and analytics to come up with new ideas, right? Then after that, I moved to Clorox where I was the global ins um, insights leader for uh, Clorox. And this is the time where Clorox was um, moving aggressively overseas. So it was fantastic, uh, great experience and lessons as well. And then I went to Amway Global, which I, I gotta say, this is a true global company because 92% of revenues come from overseas. And here I just, just set my global um, experiences um, basically just exploded. Um, but then it came the, I, I, I wouldn't say the great resignation, but the great reshuffling, because that is what happened to me. And then it was a time to reflect, right? 
and I decided to look for a new adventure. And here's where um, Lazy Boy approached me with a really great opportunity. And um, yeah, so here at Lazy Boy, um, they asked me to set up a new insights function. And, um, you know, setting up the operations, capabilities, technology, bringing new talent. And that is where I am right now. Wow. And so that's so interesting that Lazy Boy, a company that has been successful for, I mean, how many decades, um, that is just now getting into building an insights function. What do you think was the catalyst internally for saying now is the right time to for insights? Well, let me just say that I absolutely love your question first. <clears throat> because not that many people have um, think about that. But in the last couple of years to today, this is what is happening in the world. We're living in a VUCA world, which is VUCA stands for volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. So think about it. We have inflation going on right now, right? We have the rising price of gasoline. We have the supply chain issues. We have baby formula shortages. COVID-19 is not over yet. Mass shootings. We have great reshuffling that I just talked about. And the list goes on and on and on with global warming and everything else that is happening. We're living in this VUCA world right now. And companies are figuring out that they need to understand not only the consumer, but need to understand the marketplace. Many companies don't know how to do that, right? Mm -hmm. So I have learned two things about what has transpired to, to the world, basically, in the last two, three years. One is that we need to think differently about insights. And if we are going to survive, any organization going to continue, not only to survive, but continue to be in the game. You have to focus on foresight and agility. Mm -hmm. Foresight, not to predict the future. Nobody can do that. But just to figure out what if scenarios, right? And then agility, agility, how you respond. How fast can you respond to these changes in the marketplace? Because of everything that is happening, consumers are changing their attitudes, their behavior, their values. So think about this. This is now the CI, Consumer Insights role. It's about guiding a strategy. It is about understanding the marketplace and the consumer and minimize risk, right? So many companies see the need for that right now. But I will say to the whole industry, especially to Consumer Insights leaders, that this is a great opportunity. This is this is this is the time that we have been waiting for. If that is our role, they need us. Mm. You know, so great opportunity for all of us. Absolutely. I love how you define like that was such a simple way to define the role of consumer insights. Right. And it's, it's evolved quite a bit, right? It's no longer about 
validating a product or mm-hmm. ad testing, you know, that's all certainly components of the work that you do. But this idea of understanding the marketplace and consumer and minimizing risk, I love that. Um, I'd love for you to actually maybe dig a bit deeper on what you mean by minimizing risk. Well, let me step back a little bit more. And let me tell you what is happening at Lazy Boy in my role. So um, everything right now um, looks shiny and beautiful. I have been six months a lazy boy, so I am in my honeymoon, right? And I am I'm sure there are many things that I don't know and I don't understand yet. But that is the beauty uh, of that. I, I And basically, I have a mindset of a four-year-old. If you think about that mindset right now, it's about learning. It's about absorbing everything else that you didn't know about the industry, the consumer, the products, like a sponge, and always asking the question why. I will say that the first year of anybody's new role or in any organization is the most important one because you're just absorbing, and it's not only about learning, but also asking questions, why? Why are you doing it this way? Why is this important to you, right? Then you need to approach this a little bit more like a seven-year-old, really, because think about when you were seven, it's basically you think that you're invincible, right? You can fly. So I want to approach it also as a seven-year-old after I learn all of this, and I'm not going to be afraid to fail. I'm not going to, and if I do, you know, it's just going to get up and keep on going, keep playing. Um, so once you have that a- approach, and it could be this approach anytime during throughout the, your whole career, we should be doing this, right? Now, a lazy boy, they hire me to build an insights function. And like I said, yes, I will build a foundation of consumer understanding, will bring new capabilities. Vox Pop uh, Me is one. And, um, but basically for me, this is just between us, right? Nobody else is listening. Um, <laughs> I, I am building an insights ecosystem. What I mean by that is an insights ecosystem is where people can make faster, better decisions, and they feel confident about those decisions. Mm -hmm. And the insights function is just an element. I think that with everything that is happening in the world, insights leaders need to think different about insights. We always talk about what we do. Our business partners talk about what we do, Mm. right? We talk also about how we do things. We're masters when it comes to that. But why are we doing this? So that was my my question to Lazy Boy. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. I know that I can bring the what and the how. Why do you want to bring me in? It's basically coming down to we want to become a consumer-centric company. Mm. What does that mean? <laughs> right? 
So we continue to peel the onion that way. But at the end of the day, consumer insights, the why is about changing the mindset of people to continue to grow and learn so that they can make decisions themselves, yeah. right? And this is how do you do that? And that's when we are going to talk about socializing and democratizing insights. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that. I mean, how do you, I love your description of um, a insights ecosystem, right? Not just the function. So how do you democratize throughout the organization to help support, you know, the consumer centric culture of the entire company and not just the insights function as a, you know, standalone. Right. So, so when I join insights, um, so people say to me, Jorge, there is, there is a line, right, that you are going to develop. And there are three different phases. One is um, basically functional skills. You got to master all of that. Totally great with that. I agree. The other one is business acumen, by understanding what finance, supply chain, R&D does, you become a, business, a better business person. And then you develop the leadership skills that you need to be a manager and lead a team or a function. Nothing wrong with that, right? But we gotta stop thinking in linear ways. I will say that if you are a, an individual contributor, you can be a leader, right? Um, functional skills, definitely you gotta have it, right? But when you bring democratizing, socializing insights, it is a different ballgame because basically you're giving the people the power of knowledge to make decisions. And that is where we wanna be. We want, that, that is for me is insights nirvana. We have to think about insights differently. I have always thought of insights as um, that we are the central bank, okay? If you think about the role of central bank is to create wealth among everyone. Mm -hmm. Everyone in a society should have wealth. In our role, knowledge is our currency. And, and if that is the case, then we need to spread that wealth, knowledge throughout the company. And when you do that, that is when you basically are giving them the power to make faster, better decisions, right? Minimize the risk. We cannot be everywhere all the time. Mm -hmm. That for me is democratizing, socializing. But I'm not saying, yes, I'd like to say in science, but it is basically creating wealth for people to make their own decisions. Yeah, that's such a, a great way to put it. Um, the description of the, the central bank, I mean, and just providing that wealth of knowledge. It's so important. And we've talked about that before here, this idea of data transparency and insight transparency mm -hmm. and making sure that everybody is on the same page with the same learnings. But, you know, how do you actually implement that? What type of tools and processes need to be in place? And you know, in what type of culture is it? Is that kind of sharing 
actually effective? That is great because now we go down to the actual the actual tools, right? And first though, we need to make sure that we understand how people make decisions, right? And we need to understand the challenges that they face every day. I will have to say that for us, everything starts, in my case, um, not only with the tools, but with the relationship that we have with our business partners and, and really understanding the business, right? So in order to do that, for me, I, I, I have different plans, right? I have the research plan, which is for a specific project. I have a growth plan, which is a compilation of different research projects. Mm. And then I have a um, organizational learning plan, which is a compilation of needs, business needs and questions across all functions in the company. And having that document gives us the opportunity to identify economies of scale and synergies in learning, right? Now, once you do that, you actually, well, let me step back a little bit more. The way you get to those learning plans, it's not but about asking the question, what do you wanna know? Because I have gotten so many questions that are great questions, but also nice to know questions and questions that frankly, I don't know even how we can use those, the answers to drive the business. Um, so instead of asking, what do you wanna know? I usually ask, what will unleash, if you were to know this, will unleash growth for the company? Hmm. And once you ask those type of questions, it is a different mindset how you respond, right? And I often found that we are a culture that rewards people that answers questions. But I think that we need to shift that to rewarding people that ask great questions that unleash growth, that challenge us, mm -hmm. right? That make us rethink and consider other options. That is how you start putting things together in a research plan, learning plan, growth plan. Now, later, you know, so let me just talk about some of the tools. For me, I consider tools also, not only to do research and talk to consumers and understand my consumers, but also the, the same tools to understand our business partners and disseminate that learning among um, our business partners. And that is a combination and that is part of the whole insights ecosystem. We have to be able to communicate at different levels. You have to have stakeholders and you have to know the stakeholders that are your advocates, the stakeholders, business partners that will do something with the data. Hmm.
you will have also stakeholders that will be advocate for what you do. And then there are stakeholders that you just share the data as part of creating empathy. I have all of that, you know, different, I am a very visual person. So whenever I have a plan, research, I think in those terms to start creating wealth across the organization because I'm not the only one who will do that. Mm. I need people. It takes a village, right? Because I know who can help me disseminate this to other people. Yeah, and who can help really turn it into the impact that you're hoping to have in the business. Like you said, that question of what's going to help drive growth, not you know, what do people think of X? Um, those are two very different questions. That's an important distinction. Um, where do you think companies are struggling with this idea of democratizing research? Um, and how do you, you know, what are some of the elements of success? Mm -hmm. Right. So, and I know that I keep talking about this and about our role, but I definitely believe that we have some perceptions of what our role is and what we can do or not do, that they need to be busted completely. Mm. For me, as I mentioned to you, is, you know, um, we are supposed to know the functional skills, then business acumen, then leadership. And it's like, listen, our job is to be a connector, right? Among all those things, mm -hmm. a connector. What I mean by that is that there are different levels of connecting. And, and it is, any organization has a super highway, right? How things travel. Information travels that way too. So first, number one, we need to do our job and connect different sources of data, right? And nowadays, we have so much data that is incredible. Right? So it becomes difficult. And usually we stop the conversation there. We say, well, you know, I want people that can connect different sources of secondary, digital, social media, primary research, and put it all together. And that, that is beautiful. That's great. But we shouldn't stop there. We should start also, if we understand and develop a strong relationships with our business partners, you know, we need to connect at the functional level. Mm. We need to connect business needs, right? How do you do that? I mentioned about a learning plan, an organizational learning plan. And that is where you start seeing that business needs could be similar or very different from function to function. But when you are approach it from that perspective, you can start asking better questions. Hmm. And finally, we need to be connectors of people throughout the organization. We need to connect people with the same needs or different needs and understand why. Just like we're connecting consumers, right? But let's do this within the organization. And once we're doing this, we're basically creating shortcuts within that highway right where information travels and 
And then decisions are going to be made in a way that is more consistent across the organization. But that is what we need to do. Think about things differently, right? Our role in different mm. ways. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That connection is really that key piece. Um, and in terms of you know, your role, right? I think this this comes up a lot in the conversation around democratizing insights is, you know, what exactly does that mean? Are we just letting anybody and anybody run their own research? Probably mm -hmm. not. Um, <laughs> so where exactly, like, you know, are you kind of just sharing those connections that you're making? Are you giving people different levels of access to different technology and databases? Like what it, what specifically the, does that democratization look like for you guys at Lazy Boy? Right. So one thing is that we're just building all these capabilities. Yeah, but, sure. you know, we, we do have this vision in mind. Um, and what I would say here is that for the first part of my career, we will never let anybody else do research, right? That was <laughs> our job. And, and that is, you know, we're humans. We're protecting our territory. That's what we were doing. But the world has changed dramatically because of technology and the speed of the need to have that information. And then everybody asking questions. We cannot be everywhere at the same time. Mm -hmm. We cannot clone ourselves, not yet. But you have to then change how you, you know, our roles. So I am fine giving this information and the power to do research to people across the organization. Now, because we have tools, we have a lot of DIY tools. For instance, you know, when it comes to doing some qualitative video calls to understand why an idea is maybe a good idea or one is how it needs to be optimized, why do we need to be there? When we're doing, a, you know, a, a um, idea screener, when we're actually doing name testing, why do we need to be there? So we need to actually use that time to focus on connecting people, mm -hmm. right? Uh, to do other research that is more foundational. Mm -hmm. So those are the tools that we need to use to share. Um, I will say also that we need to empower people and we need to trust people. We're just not going to give it in, to everybody but I will say that you need to talk about the tactical level. You need to talk, uh, figure out what is the risk. And that is what we need to do as well. So from the beginning and identify what is the areas that you can actually give to other people to do their own research, particularly when it comes to um, understanding um, innovation and in, right at the beginning, rapid prototyping and testing. You know, we cannot be there all the time. So I'm totally fine. I actually encourage people to do this and empower them to be close to the consumer. And once they are close to the consumer, you know, many things can happen. They, they, they actually have a skin in the game at that point. 
Sure. That's so refreshing to hear because as you know, you know, the, this is a hot topic in the industry which I'm and people feel very strongly one way or another. And I love what you said about, you know, trusting people, empowering them. And, you know, there are so many DIY tools out there. So if you're like hiding it from everybody, they're going to find it anyways and do their own stuff. But at least if you're collaborating with them, then you're all on yeah. the same page, connecting the same dots. It's kind of like when your kid turns 16 and, you, you know, you know, daddy, I want to drive. And then you go, <clears throat> right? Oh my God, you know, it's like, what do I do this? Like, you know, it's gonna happen anyway. It's yeah. gonna happen. So you better be there to help them as opposed to avoid it, right? Because you don't know how they're gonna drive. You need to actually be upfront and be proactive when that is gonna happen. And like you said, I mean, the real value from the work that you're doing now is in connecting connecting mm -hmm. the business strategy and the business goals and growth with the data and the insights. And, you know, if that just frees you up to do more of that, that's a good thing all across the board. The alternative is that you tell them, sorry, I don't have time for that type of research. Mm -hmm. And then they go and do it anyway, and they don't tell you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's not the kind of working relationships you want either, right? <laughs> Let's all Not work all. together. We're all on the same team. I love it. I love it. Um, and so, I mean, on that point of teams, how how can what are some of the strategies to working together and sharing those results that have worked for you? Well, you know, there are a couple of things. Uh, first is that we need to take responsibility as well for. Um, for sharing and in democratizing. I'm gonna go back to democratizing a little bit because, you know, I, I think it was within, you know, like maybe 10, 15 years ago that we had great research. We went to present to uh, the leadership team and guess what happened? They didn't take the recommendations that we thought were the right ones. So um, after that, walking, you know, sad, <laughs> depressed, um, back to our desk, my, 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 my boss said, you know, trying to be positive, say, hey, you can, you can take the horse, bring the horse to the river, but you cannot make it drink water. And it made me feel better. And I laugh. And I think that I used that for a couple of years to justify why we weren't able to influence. Um, mm. But then I started thinking about that. And I I didn't think it is our job to take the horse to the river and then try to make it drink water. I think that our job from the beginning is to make the horse thirsty. And then they will find their own way to the river and drink water. And that is for me, uh, perspective on why democratizing and socializing is important because all I am doing is I am creating that foundational knowledge for you to understand the consumer and then I'm going to give you the tools to dig a little bit deeper to do your job better I'm making you thirsty that's my perspective that is the quote of the show Jorge 
<laughs> it is your job to make the horse thirsty. I love that. Oh right. my gosh, yes. And and that speaks to the the partnership and collaboration all along the way. You're not just answering a question or being responsive to something that comes up in the moment. It's this ongoing collaboration that results right. in that impact. It's not just like I have a question. Okay, I'll answer it for you. Oh, I'm not going to I don't like that result or what you know, it's not so transactional. Um yeah. But it is yeah. it is our role, um, Jen. Um, you know, how many people do you want that you're dying to talk to in your podcast, right? Mm -hmm. How many gens can we have, right? You, it's, it's impossible. I cannot clone myself. I cannot clone my team. Um, but I know what I can do. I know how to approach this. And this is part of trusting them, empowering them to find the river and drink water. All these tools that we have now, DIY tools, it's about that. It's about them actually continue to, to grow. And the more they grow, the more empowered they are, they, they are to, to, to make decisions and in, in, in drink more water, right? So that's my job. <laughs> I love that. I, I really do. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about like research at different stages of the customer journey. Cause we've talked a lot about just kind of understanding the marketplace and this volatile world that we're in. Um, how does research kind of look different at different stages of customer journey? You know, um, things I, I would say that the first thing about the customer journey is that, um, Customer journey for me is basically tied to the customer experience. And the biggest myth that we have is that to think that one function owns the customer experience. And we all know that the customer journey, the customer experience is the job of everyone in the company. Directly or indirectly, you are impacting the consumer, whether you are in finance, accounting, you know, supply chain. Um, so that is one. The other myth is that to think that the customer journey is static. I just mentioned so many things that is happening in the world is super volatile and complex, and it's very dynamic. And it, the customer journeys are changing, you know, every day. Um, not even just the journey, but the way we think about as a consumer, uh, mm -hmm. how we purchase things and attitudes, right? The customer journey to buy gasoline right now is different and the way you feel is very different, right? Mm -hmm. So this goes back to giving the power to the people. For me, um, frankly, right at the beginning, when it comes to identifying the triggers, the research, that I do to identify triggers doesn't necessarily have to do with the specific decision or that specific moment. I need to understand the surrounding. I need to understand what could impact directly or indirectly that decision. So for instance, in Lazy Boy, we sell living room furniture. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to focus on that all the time. Yes, I need to understand that. But what impacts that decision, right? We live living room within a house. So we need to understand the whole environment, the ambience 
within the house? How do people feel about their homes? And what, how homes are changing right now, right? Mm. Everything, the, the internet, uh, how even people escaping the world right now and find refugee in their homes, mm. right? We need to understand all of that. And it keeps going down to decisions that we make. For me, frankly, to tell you the truth, there's not one tool I don't have one hammer to do, you know, everything uh, looks like a nail. For me, I, I'm flexible, adaptable in terms of doing research, combination always, and being very flexible of qualitative and quantitative all the time throughout the uh, customer journey. Mm. And, but the way I will do it again, I will do a customer journey just focusing on the foundations things that I know that are universal truths across the customer journey. And then the things that need to continue to be optimized. I leave that up to everyone in the company by giving them the tools and the power to make decisions. Amazing. And I think that's a, an important um, nugget that you threw in there about kind of doing all different types of research, qual, quant, kind of quick, rapid testing throughout all stages mm -hmm. of the journey. And that, that wasn't always possible with, you know, the, the technology and the agile tools that are available now and different methodologies allow you to really, you know, do that kind of quick testing throughout over and over. Like you said, things mm -hmm. are changing all the time and that iteration is really critical. Right. Right. You know, think about what happened, you know, with the pandemic right at the beginning, mm. you know, all the stores shut down. Right. It, you know, basically you're shutting down the, the customer journey now. Like when that happens, then what? No research is going to help you right there because that is what that was your foundation. Right. right. So you always need to be agile. Just, mm. I go back to foresight and agile. And in agility to respond, not to react, but to respond to what the consumer needs are now. And that is when it comes to the type of research that we do. And that research has to be a combination of agility and it has to be frequent and basically just DIY, right? And sometimes it's just guiding the, um, a small decision you got to give this to people mm -hmm. um, throughout the organization to make their own decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, Jorge, this has been such a great conversation. I don't know if everybody knows this. Whenever I'm doing an episode, I'm like furiously taking notes. My pen ran out of ink with this <laughs> conversation, Jorge. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you sharing all your expertise with us today. All right, great. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you, Jen. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. We will be back with another episode next week when we talk with Ashley Cummings. See you then.